0: Moncrief on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief show on News Talk. 087 1400 106 is our WhatsApp number. Now, do we listen to each other anymore? We're always yakking, of course, but does the meaning of our words really permeate into the minds of others? Later this month, the Marino Institute of Education in Dublin will stage a conference on listening. Jerry Dunn, who teaches philosophy there, is on the line. Afternoon, Jerry.
1: Afternoon, Sean.
0: Is the art of listening, if it is an art, is it in decline, do you think?
1: Gosh, uh, yes, I think it is in decline. Um, we live in a, a split attention environment. There are so many demands on our attention. Uh, and as a result, with everyone living in a in a world where we're rushing to get to the next task, and do the next thing, we have lost the ability to be in the present. And part of that inability to be in the present also means that we're losing out
0: on uh, what it means to be a good listener. But I mean, obviously, if you're having a conversation with somebody and you've got a phone in one hand, that's that's not a good sign. Um, but is there to a degree, perhaps an increased narcissism among people? So therefore, we're interpreting what we hear through the filter of our own feelings rather than trying to listen literally to what the person is saying.
1: Yeah, it's it's always a problem, I think. Uh, it's part of the agenda setting uh, kind of negotiation that goes on between a speaker and a listener even on a a subconscious or an implicit level Uh, we are always putting our own interpretations of what we either would like the person to be saying or what we think they are saying rather than on what they may be saying and and that's always an issue it's always a problem um, and I think, as you say, we tend to see the world through our own eyes rather than through the other person's. And that can
0: be an impediment to good listening, too. Is it difficult then to get to that point where you you overcome, if you like, uh, one's own biases and, and, and filters when you're listening to someone else?
1: <clears throat> I think to overcome your own biases, first of all, you need a, a reasonable degree of self-knowledge and to get out of your own way, so to speak. Um, And that requires a a sense of uh, maturity, you know, a a willingness to be open and to a certain degree of life experience as well. I don't think we can always uh, completely overcome our biases. I think uh, some are deeply entrenched and it's very difficult to avoid them. Um, But there is a a place that we can all reach, I think, whereby we learn to bracket them out a bit more in our everyday conversational practices and that that leads to a better listening experience uh, for the speaker. And how do
0: you bracket them out?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's a good question. I mean, there, there are biases that we're aware of that we can put into place uh, some sort of of um, uh, procedures for, and there are biases that are so part and parcel of what it means to be human or what it means to be us, that it's almost kind of a, a Sisyphean type task. I'm not sure it can be completely overcome or that they can always be fully bracketed out. But we can certainly, as I say, the the piece fail better. And I think that that's uh, something that we uh, should all be open to is failing better
0: and learning from our mistakes. Mm. Yeah, because I, I, I suppose not many people listening might have this experience, uh, it, it, particularly with the people you're closest to, you kind of know them so well that you're instantly going, oh no, I know what they're really saying in this in, in this situation, rather than listening to those actual words. That's extremely difficult to get past.
1: It is. And, and sometimes you might be right. Sometimes <laughs> that's quite needed for, for the person. They might say, oh, that's actually what I was thinking or that's what I'm feeling. And, and that can be part of as you say, kind of an interpersonally calibrated approach, and that's 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 fine, that's good. Uh, but there are other times when you might rush to judgments uh, about what you think the person is saying, or what you would like them to be saying, or uh, and that that can, uh, you know, if it happens more than once, if it's a regular enough or routine occurrence, I think it can lead to uh, some sort of harms for the the, the speaker because they think that. in speaking, that the person is rushing to judgment about what they think they ought to be saying and that, therefore, they're not being heard.
0: Yeah. Could it be... I mean, do you think, Jerry? some people just have an innate gift at listening and others not so much? We probably all know people in our life where you haven't got to the end of the sentence and they've jumped in to tell you what it is you're saying, even though you haven't completely said it yet.
1: Yes, I think some people are more naturally gifted when it comes to the virtue of listening... Um it's yeah, there are some people who are, as you say you're halfway through a sentence and they're already jumping to the next thing, or uh you know we're all we've all been around people who are in a part like they're taking part in a conversation where they interrupt each other on a regular basis and and sometimes that's how people communicate, but uh from my own part, I find that very frustrating mm. uh because it's in anticipating what you think the person is going to say you might be missing out on what they actually want to say um and that that can again lead to uh i i use the term harms advisably but it can lead to harms for a speaker especially if they feel like they're being shut down um on a on a regular enough basis
0: yeah and and by the same token Sometimes in conversation, you know, people can do this kind of mirroring thing, where you can say something to somebody, and they sort of paraphrase it back to you to kind of indicate to you that they've understood. Now that mm. not everybody does that. Uh, you know, how can you how can you know that you have been heard? If you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's that's a really uh, difficult question. Um, it's
1: I don't think it's something that is easily quantifiable. That it, it's not necessarily a. Uh, something that can be observed on a kind of in in an empirical sense. Um, it can be down to the feeling of the the speaker. Um, it it can be down to that kind of unspokenness that arises when both people know that something meaningful has happened that you have been listened to. Um, and again, that's very difficult to put a language on. Um, but it's it's certainly. Uh, something that we all struggle to kind of measure in any sort of quantifiable sense.
0: Yeah, because there does seem to be, I would say when it comes to, you know, like arguing about politics on Twitter, that embedded in that culture, it strikes me, is deliberately misinterpreting what people say or deliberately misinterpreting the tone of what they say. Everyone's always accusing everyone else of freaking out about something and they might not necessarily be freaking out at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, it can be uh, a kind of form of weaponization, that they weaponize the righteous indignation or anger uh, that they have, and they consciously misinterpret what a person is saying so that they can get that anger out. That may be one cause, but it is the enemy of understandings or shared understandings because um, this uh kind of over willingness to misinterpret someone or not to interpret them charitably uh, just shuts down conversation. It can lead to polarised views and ultimately it's the enemy of uh, any sort of shared understanding.
0: Yeah, it it sounds though from a lot of what you're saying that to be able to listen to each other properly and no matter what the kind of uh, context of that, we just all need to slow down a bit perhaps
1: yeah I think slowing down is really what most people working in the field would would uh would be uh keen to kind of see happen um and slowing down is a very very difficult thing to do given how fast paced our lives are uh when you think about it we live in an attention economy and that people are routinely used to getting their dopamine hit, whether it's via Twitter, seeing a new message or Instagram or Snapchat or any of those platforms. And when you're living in that sort of environment, I I think what happens is um, you're used to that kind of rush, um, but you're used to the instant gratification that comes on foot of that. And then you forget what it's like to slow down. You're moving on to the next thing before you've finished it a bit like when people are at concerts and are whipping out their phone rather than enjoying the mm. the experience um that they live their lives mediated through their phone um and uh you know i can see two ways of looking at it. you can look back on that video and then that might you know be a nice memory but you can also live through the event and not have it mediated through something and give it your full attention
0: or as near as, as you can and, and it's a very different experience there is a conference listening to learn to understand a forgotten virtue. It's at Marino Institute of Education on Wednesday, June the 28th. You'll be able to hear a pin drop there, I imagine. Jerry Dunn, thanks a million.
1: Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. Moncrief, weekdays
0: at 2 p.m. on News Talk.